The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times best-selling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome. Yes, I'm Roger Stone, and you are back in the Stone Zone. A smashing victory by Donald Trump in last night's Iowa caucuses, setting records. The previous uh, largest winner was my old boss, Senator Bob Dole, who won the Iowa caucuses by 12 points uh, in uh, 19, I guess it was 96, uh, 92. Uh, and uh, this uh, exceeded all expectations, Ex expectations being extraordinarily important. Uh, as I predicted, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, and uh, former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley finished far behind Trump. Uh, and DeSantis, despite spending $100 million plus in the state, narrowly squeezed out uh, a victory uh, over Nikki Haley. Joining me now to help break down what happened in Iowa and to give us some preview as to what's going to happen in New Hampshire uh, is my colleague Troy Smith, editor-in-chief of Rare.us. Troy, welcome to the Stone Zone. Roger, it's an honor to be with you uh, today after such a historic night. Uh, we have a lot to get into today, but I think, uh, you know, I speak for the audience here when I say everyone's kind of wondering What's on your mind following the Iowa caucus? You're looking at these numbers, uh, Trump 51%, DeSantis 21.2%, Haley at 19.1% and Vivek at 7.7%. Uh, when we talked to Rich Barris yesterday, he almost hit this directly on the head. I believe he said Trump would get 52% and he comes in at 51%. Uh, hats off to uh, the big data poll. And then of course, uh, Ron DeSantis, um, who, Roger, I mean, we, we talked about this yesterday. This is a campaign that went all in on Iowa, and they finished almost 30 points behind President uh, Donald Trump. Just unbelievable. And and like you said, barely squeaking by uh, Nikki Haley. What's your initial reaction to uh, what you see out there coming from the DeSantis people? It's almost like they're trying to spin this as some kind of victory, isn't it? Yeah, it's really quite extraordinary. First of all, as you know, expectations are crucial. Uh, had Donald Trump failed to hit 50 percent, the the mainstream media would have insisted that he underperformed. Uh, he broke 50 percent. Uh, that is a huge accomplishment. Uh, secondarily, Ron DeSantis, uh, in his statement, said, I'm going to be the next president of the United States. I'm not sure on what he uh, bases that. Uh, remember, the DeSantis campaign has picked up stakes uh, and pulled out of New Hampshire, uh, South Carolina, and Nevada, uh, having wasted advertising money early in those states, uh, they now have nothing going on there. Uh, Ron DeSantis heads to New Hampshire uh, basically with nothing uh, prepared for a campaign. Trump moves into New Hampshire with enormous momentum. Uh, and uh, most importantly, the anti-Trump vote remains split between two candidates. Now, to his credit, 
hit, Vivek Ramaswamy read the handwriting on the wall, realizing that his supporters were a subset uh, of Trump's supporters. Wisely uh, withdrew from the race campaign, and it's my understanding that he will appear uh, campaigning with Donald Trump in New Hampshire. Uh, a good move by Vivek Ramaswamy. I think it guarantees that he actually now has a political future. Last night, uh, in a late-night broadcast I did with Elijah Schaefer, uh, I said if he wants to salvage his career, he should withdraw, and indeed he did. Uh, the spending numbers, just on advertising alone, are staggering. Donald Trump spent $18.2 million just on advertising. That's about $340 per vote of the votes he received. Uh, Ron DeSantis spent $34 million. That's about $1,697.96 for each vote that he received. But the biggest spender was Nikki Haley. She spent $36 million, uh, which breaks down to be about $1,797.84 per vote. Now, I stress to you, that's just digital, uh, cable, and broadcast and radio advertising. That does not include uh, on-the-ground expenditures. We know Ron DeSantis uh, paid uh, evangelical leaders such as Bob Vanderplatz, uh, who I believe he gave $95,000 to. Uh, he actually paid a number of state legislators. Now, when I say paid, made contributions to their campaigns or their nonprofits, but a payoff is a payoff. Uh, and um, none of those things seem to have worked. Uh, DeSantis continues to have a fundamental problem, which is there is no rationale for his candidacy, uh, other than maybe something will happen to Trump, so there you should vote for me. It's very clear uh, that it's not going to go down that way. Donald Trump will be the nominee of the party, regardless of the status of any of these cases against him. Uh, and uh, therefore, he lacks a rationale. Nikki Haley uh, has, uh, I think, uh, more staying power in the sense that she has unlimited dollars, many of them admittedly now from big Democrats who probably actually support Joe Biden, but who want to make sure that there is a neocon, a pro-war neocon in the Oval Office. So what would have been, I think, uh, the worst situation here uh, would be if Trump were in a long, uh, contentious fight with Nikki Haley in which he's racking up victory after victory after victory, uh, but she continues to have enough cash to hang on. That's exactly what happened in 1980, uh, long past the time uh, that George H.W. Bush had been vanquished in the New Hampshire primary. Uh, but still had cash on hand, he remained in the race against Ronald Reagan uh, in an effort to try to position himself to be on the ticket. Uh, Nikki Haley's, uh, I would say, uh, Trump's firewall is South Carolina. That's where I think he clinches this nomination, if not before. Uh, but uh, she cannot sustain uh, a defeat in her home state. Uh, I'm not really sure where Ron DeSantis goes from here, uh, here in the state of Florida, where he cannot remove his name on the ballot, even if he loses the New Hampshire primary, which he will. 
uh, he's running 40 points behind uh, Ron uh, President Trump, uh, and that would be a devastating defeat. Experience in the political, you know, game and how this is played. And one thing I remember you saying, and, I, and I'm not sure where I heard it, but you were talking about ground game, and you said if somebody says in their campaign that they really are going to focus on their ground game, it usually means that they're full of you know what. <laughs> and and last night on the coverage, I kept hearing about people talking about the DeSantis ground game and how they're so impressed with this ground game. And they also mentioned President Trump. So I wanted to get your perspective on. What what does that ground game really mean? Because I feel like people say that all the time. We don't really even understand what that means. We talked about a little bit about the co-captains that that Trump had uh, yesterday and how he doesn't, you know, he didn't just have one per county, he had two per county. You know, is that where the strength of the ground game uh, with Trump came or, or, or how, how do you really look at that? Because I think most people are kind of in the dark when it comes to a political ground game and what that really means. Uh, let me make a distinction. Uh, there's a difference, a substantial difference between a caucus and a primary. Uh, a primary uh, organization becomes less uh, important. Now, also, uh, there's a big difference between primary contests and a general election. Uh, Trump has an enormous grassroots army uh, because of the nat populist nature of his campaign. Uh, but in a caucus, having uh, a, a finely tuned organization, grassroots organization, to identify uh, and turn out votes uh, is vitally important. On the other hand, if you haven't identified enough votes for victory, well, the finest turnout operation of the world cannot save your campaign. Uh, I have to say that in the 30 uh, plus years uh, that I've been involved in presidential politics, uh, and as a veteran of 13 national presidential campaigns, uh, Donald Trump, uh, under the leadership of uh, Susie Wiles, Chris Lasavita, uh, and James Blair, is really running uh, the single best presidential campaign uh, in American presidential political history. Uh, they are disciplined, they are organized, they are focused. There are no leaks out of the Trump campaign. Uh, and uh, the, the results of that showed last night. Uh, Trump himself predicted that he would cross the 50% uh, mark, and indeed he did. DeSantis said repeatedly that he would win. Now, to me, winning means coming in first. Winning means getting more votes uh, than the other candidates. Uh, and that did not happen. Uh, and then you have Nikki Haley. I really don't quite understand this. Frankly, last night was a bit of a loss for her. Uh, most of the final polls, uh, including the big data poll, I believe, showed her narrowly ahead of DeSantis, but also distant uh, way back from Donald Trump. Uh, and in the end, she came in third, not second. But here's what she had to say. Can safely say tonight, Iowa made this Republican primary a two-person race. Uh, I, I don't know what this woman is talking about. Uh, we clearly don't have a two-person race. We have a three-person race. Uh, and though, although Nikki is flush with resources, uh, and Ron DeSantis, I think, is broke, uh, 
although there are some stories today that says he can continue his campaign through March, but I don't know what that means. Does that mean he has money for advertising or just money to show up and pay a skeletal staff? Really not clear. Uh, again, the key point here is that the uh, that the anti-Trump vote will be split uh, among two contenders uh, in New Hampshire. I think that's very valuable to Trump. Now, uh, had this been reversed uh, and had DeSantis come in third, uh, we know by examining the DeSantis voters uh, that uh, that New Hampshire is unique in the sense uh, that his vote splits about down the middle, meaning half of them list Donald Trump as their second choice, while the other half would go to Nikki Haley as their second choice. Let me stress this is only true in the polling that I've examined uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, it is not true uh, for the rest of the country. It's certainly not true in Nevada or South Carolina. So uh, it wouldn't have mattered really if DeSantis uh, had uh, had uh, come in second. Uh, I think the key, the more key, pardon me, third, I think the more key point is uh, that uh, the opposition will continue to be uh, split. Well, and uh, so as far as uh, Vivek, I think it's pretty clear that you know, the second choice of Vivek voters is Trump. So I, I would think a lot of his people move over to Trump. Um, and and uh, it, the, the one question I had about the results last night that, that just kind of kept going through my mind is like, like we predicted with Rich Barris on this show yesterday, they went on MSNBC and CNN and they aired the Haley speech, they aired the DeSantis speech, but we really didn't see the Trump speech anywhere. Uh, Trump gave a, a great speech last night in Iowa and had to immediately leave to go to New York to, uh, to, to kind of defend himself against these unbelievable legal attacks that he's seeing. And it's just like, how many times are we going to see DeSantis and Haley propped up for 21.2% and 19.1% when Trump has 51%? And Roger, you, you tweeted this out yesterday. Nobody has ever won the Iowa caucus by more than, I think it was 12 points. And, he, and Trump shattered that. It was, it was a historic win. And yet all the media can focus on are these 91 counts. If you watched MSNBC last night, the, their coverage of this at all, it was all about Trump and his 91 counts and 91 counts. Um, it, it's almost like they think if they keep saying that, that the American people will forget that these are politically motivated attacks. And I think last night, um, you can back you, you can uh, comment on this, Roger. I mean, you, last night proved the American people see right through these investigations. They see right through the political witch hunt that's occurring across the country uh, against Trump. And they 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 don't support these other candidates near anywhere near where they support Donald Trump. It is it is it is by far and away the biggest win in the history of the Iowa caucus. And like I said, the media seems like they don't even want to focus on that. Uh, it was really quite extraordinary. Uh, you had a historic win by Donald Trump, 51%, yet uh, none of the networks, nor CNN, uh, nor Fox for that matter, carried his entire victory remarks while they covered Ron DeSantis wall to wall. What does that, what does that tell you? Uh, secondarily, the other point I would make is uh, the reason that New Hampshire, the particular reason why New Hampshire becomes interesting uh, is because it is one of the few states uh, where uh, non-Republicans, uh, in fact, independents, 
those affiliated with no party, are allowed uh, to vote in the Republican primary. Uh, and uh, that is uh, what Nikki Haley is now counting heavily on. So she not only has heavy-duty uh, Democrat donors like Larry Fink, uh, the founder of LinkedIn, and uh, uh, and uh, uh, Reid Hoffman, uh, who also happens to be uh, a guy who visited Epstein's Island numerous times, uh, who has uh, financed the E. Jean Carroll defamation suit uh, against, uh, against uh, Donald Trump. Uh, but she also is going to make a naked appeal to flood the Republican primary with non-Republicans who have no intention of voting for the Republican nominee in the fall, even if that nominee were to be a Nikki Haley. Uh, and uh, Governor Chris Sununu, uh, son of the notorious New Hampshire Governor John Sununu, a man I had extensive dealings with when I worked for Congressman Jack Kemp and for Senator Bob Dole, a man who lied to my face for almost 11 months about his secret commitment to Vice President George Bush, uh, is uh, open about the fact that he's seeking non-Republicans to flood the Republican primaries in order to nominate uh, the uniparty neocon candidate, Nikki Haley. Uh, DeSantis, uh, to his credit, he worked very hard, uh, but the voters weren't buying uh, what he was selling. He uh, And frankly, by spending all his time in Iowa, uh, he's neglecting New Hampshire, uh, and uh, pardon me, he's neglecting Florida, uh, and uh, his brand here is suffering very badly. Now, perhaps that doesn't matter because he is term limited. He can't run for another term, yet it is widely believed Florida political circles uh, that his wife, Casey DeSantis, who is certainly more telegenic uh, and more attractive than he is, a better speaker certainly, actually looks people in the eye when he speaks, when she speaks to them, uh, is going to stand as a candidate for governor. Uh, I, I think he's damaging himself very badly here. We have an insurance crisis. Uh, we have a utility rate crisis. We have a fentanyl crisis. Uh, many of the governor's pledges on social issues, such as his pledge to bar the school boards in Florida from utilizing curriculum that includes uh, critical race theory or other sex and gender dogma uh, is not being enforced. Uh, it was a press release. Uh, it was a great press day. Uh, but I can tell you right here in my home county, uh, they are utilizing a curriculum that is ADL approved uh, and uh, is uh, uh, is uh, uh, just white hate. It's just white hate. So um, we go to the next round. Donald Trump, who's proving to be a superman, flew from Iowa to New York for a court proceeding uh, in the uh, E. Jean Carroll case, then is flying to New Hampshire to do an event. Then it is my understanding that he is flying back to New York for another court proceeding tomorrow morning. Uh, this, I think, demonstrates the whole strategy behind the tsunami of lawfare uh, that is being waged against uh, Donald Trump. Well, exactly, Roger. And and I think, uh, you know, as we're going forward here now, Iowa's over and we're looking at New Hampshire and I was looking at some of the polls this morning. It's really interesting to see how 
things change on a state by state basis. Uh, 538 right now has Trump at 43.4 with Haley at 30.3 and DeSantis all the way at 5.8. So as you said, we saw the DeSantis, Vanderplatz, you know, Steve Deese people celebrate last night as if they had won. And I think that's because they've put all their eggs in the Iowa basket. So for them, this is as good as it's going to get. So, of course, have your big speech. That, that was their victory speech. It's the only, that's the closest they're ever going to get to victory with this uh, campaign in particular. Because when you look, I mean, we're talking about 43.4 for Trump, 5.8 for DeSantis in New Hampshire. And the other polls, I mean, they all have DeSantis around five. He's done literally nothing. And I think, like you said, the the idea that you could have Democrats and independents um, have an appeal by Nikki Haley for them to come vote in the Republican primary, I think that probably has a lot to do with how she's doing uh, in New Hampshire. And as as time goes on, you know, they're, they're saying that she's doing better and better. And, and Trump kind of shot down claims of this a couple days ago, saying, well, she's surging in some polls, but I'm still ahead by quite a bit. And he's right. He's he's up at least 14 points. Um, but some polls, they have them, you know, almost colliding. And it's like I wanted to get your opinion on that as well, Roger. Uh, do you see Haley as a legitimate threat to Trump in New Hampshire at this point? Uh, do you do you see that as a threat to Trump's campaign? I don't think so. Let me rec- let me point out two things. Once you're, you're right, I should stop and give enormous credit for to Rich Barris, uh, the People's Pundit, uh, who conducts the big data poll. He was on this show yesterday, uh, and he called this literally right on the nose, uh, which I think continues to burnish. Uh, his reputation for credibility. Uh, But secondarily, uh, you cannot poll uh, in the eye of the storm uh, and get uh, an accurate result. So it will be three days uh, before we can take a look at new polling. But let's recognize Donald Trump got a huge bump uh, out of of his victory, uh, despite the very best efforts of the mainstream media to Uh, minimize the coverage uh, of his messaging. You notice that in his remarks, uh, he uh, not only congratulated uh, Nikki and uh, uh, and Ron for, uh, quote-unquote, having fun. It was a conciliatory tone because I think he recognizes the sooner uh, he can dispatch both of them uh, and the sooner he can stop wasting money in primary contests, uh, the more money he will have for a general election. But just the fact that he has to fly to New York for these court proceedings, then fly back to New Hampshire, then fly back to New York, demonstrates the strategy behind uh, this tsunami of lawfare against him. Uh, They are seeking to uh, drain his campaign of valuable time, time that he should be spending campaigning, uh, and they're seeking to drain his campaign of, of money, which is being used to pay lawyers And, of course, they're trying to use these prosecutions to sully his name uh, in the mainstream press. Uh, It's very disturbing, uh, but I think it will not work. Well, and I think it's important to point out, too, I mean, uh, as far as last night goes, I mean, if you took the numbers from Haley and DeSantis and put them together, and obviously we know DeSantis put all his eggs in that basket, but you're talking about... Uh, you know, because there has been speculation that Haley and DeSantis may kind of try to join together. And if DeSantis had run a legitimate campaign, Roger, it looks to me that 
a, a, a duo of Haley and DeSantis may have actually posed a threat to Trump. But when you get past Iowa and you look at New Hampshire, where even combined, they're still down double digits. Um, first of all, do you think that a Haley DeSantis ticket is something that could possibly happen? Um, it seems to me that all the people that are supporting both of them seem to have the same objective. Um, so do you think that that could happen? And if it does, does that pose a significantly greater threat to Trump than it does right now? Because it, it seems to me the best thing that Trump could have happen is that DeSantis kind of fizzles out and Haley continues to be his main op opposition because she just she doesn't really get close to him in any of these polls going forward. Uh, were DeSantis to do that he, and lose, which I think is probable, he would ultimately destroy his political career here in Florida. Uh, remember, he has built his imagery, even though this may not be totally accurate, as an America first Republican, as a MAGA Republican. Now, embracing uh, Nikki Haley, uh, what were people saying a week ago when the DeSantis uh, operatives were actively spreading the idea that it was Donald Trump who was going to take Nikki Haley as his running mate? The reaction to that uh, in the base was a volcanic. I was on a Twitter space uh, with uh, Alex Jones and uh, uh, and General Michael Flynn and Jack Posobiec of Human Events uh, on Sunday night, uh, and the reaction to that concept was so extraordinarily negative. Uh, so uh, I think that that would really end DeSantis's career because it would not work. Uh, Nikki Haley uh, is, uh, uh, you know, is uh, represents a wing of the party. Uh, that is growing smaller and smaller. Uh, and she represents the Bush, neocon, Dick Cheney wing of the party. Uh, and an alliance with her, uh, I think, will not only not stop Donald Trump, uh, but would end the political career of both of them. Uh, again, Nikki Haley running 30 to 40 points behind Donald Trump in her home state of South Carolina, whether Ron DeSantis is still in the race by then or not. So uh, I'm predicting, and I reserve the right to, to revise my predictions, uh, but Donald Trump is going to win New Hampshire. He's going to win New Hampshire comfortably. Uh, and uh, he's then going to roll through South Carolina and Nevada, uh, and this contest will be over. It could be over sooner. Uh, again, I, don't, I didn't look at the most recent polls in New Hampshire, but my guess is Vivek Ramaswamy's were somewhere around the 5 to 7% area. I think Donald Trump gets most of those votes, particularly when he shows up with Ramaswamy uh, by his side. Uh, it's amazing to me the number of members of Congress, uh, the members of the Senate, uh, illuminaries like Carrie uh, uh, Lake uh, and others who went to Iowa to stump for Donald Trump. Uh, he is not just uh, the head of the Republican Party, but he's the head of a movement that is much larger than the Republican Party, uh, and you can't take anything away from him. Last night's victory was extraordinary. Uh, let, let us uh, take this opportunity uh, to uh, cut for a quick commercial break because, well, uh, I have to keep the lights on here at the Stone Zone. Uh, and the way we do that uh, is through the patronage of MyPillow.com. Now, you may have heard late last week uh, that Fox News, who was the single biggest advertiser for MyPillow, has decided they will no longer let Mike Lindell 
by my pillow advertising on their network. This is a tremendous blow to Mike Lindell's business, uh, but uh, he's a fighter. He's a warrior, uh, and he's going to uh, expand his sales efforts in other directions. But you can help Mike Lindell. You can also help us here uh, at the Stone Zone uh, by going to MyPillow.com right now. Uh, and when you do, please use promo code STONE, promo code STONE. Now, there are many great, great products there. There's a few that I like to talk about. First and foremost is the revolutionary MyPillow 2.0, uh, which has a built-in proprietary cooling system. Uh, this is the greatest pillow you've ever owned. There's a special four-pack offer on that uh, you're going to want to check out because my wife and I are dog lovers, animal lovers, two dogs and two cats. Uh, we are big fans of the MyPillow dog beds. Uh, they come in uh, three sizes, small, medium, and large. Uh, and of course, the uh, the uh, companion to them, the MyPillow pet blankets. These are also great products. Let me mention some others. Uh, the men and women's moccasin slippers. Uh, the men and women's bathrobes, now on special. Uh, the six-piece towel set, uh, also on special. Uh, the uh, legendary Giza dream sheets, or the Percal dream sheets. Uh, look, folks, if you thought that my pillow is just about bedding and just about pillows well that would be wrong so please take a moment to go to the my pillow website now uh, and uh, you get free shipping at the moment i believe so you can either go to mypillow.com and use promo code stone or you can call uh, 1-800-544-8939 and place your order there but please folks uh, i ask you mrs stone asks you uh, we need your support here to keep the lights on at the Stone Show. Uh, go to MyPillow.com to help us do that. Uh, all right, Troy, um, I, I noticed uh, just before the Iowa caucuses uh, that uh, Fulton County Prosecutor Fannie Wills seems to have run into some tough sledding uh, when it was revealed uh, that she had paid $645,000 uh, to a lawyer who is apparently her married paramour, uh, and that those funds actually came out of a COVID-19 uh, budget. Uh, he is a personal injury attorney with no previous experience in uh, prosecuting a complex alleged crime uh, as they have brought against President Trump. Uh, and uh, many of his in-state allies. Uh, what's going on in this case? Uh, well, we have uh, Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade here, Roger, and uh, it's an interesting story because, like you said, this is a guy who is, a, I believe, an injury attorney. I mean, he has no experience uh, that would say he's ready to uh, take on a case of this size and magnitude, um, and yet he received the job, and the justification used by uh, Fonnie Willis on that was that nobody else was willing to take the job. Um, for some reason, I don't believe that. I don't think most people believe that uh, they couldn't find any other attorney in Georgia that would be willing to take on this case. 
And the person that they happen to find just so happens to be also the boyfriend of Fonnie Willis. And they've taken vacations together. Um, they've taken vacations together that he paid for with money that she gave him via contracts. And as you said, Roger, it's over $600,000. Um, and, you know, you, sh you really like because you're, you're looking at this and you say, okay, well, what's she going to say? And she really didn't comment on it, which is amazing because, you know, any Republican official, you know, a, a has to comment on something almost immediately. For some reason, Willis just gets to kind of skirt comment for a few days. And then she was giving a speech on MLK Day and, and, and she addressed this. And she said something like, oh, that I, they're, 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 they say that uh, they're, they're not playing the race card, but they basically are. I mean, that was her response. So she's saying that the only reason that anybody video. is looking into it, you have that video? Yeah, let's look at that. Video. Let's run that if we could. Not a perfect move. We are at a time in history, people. Hear me on this. We are at a time in history when you can no longer sit back and just let other folks do. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. Stumbling all the way. So his flawed, hard-headed, and imperfect child has a message for each of you today. Please find a way to do your extraordinary God-given assignment and make this community and the world a better place for all of his people. See, it is never about who you are. It is always about the great I am and who he is. See, we are all flawed, sinners, unworthy, imperfect, damaged, but we are qualified upon his call. You can find common ground with people of all different ideologies if you simply commit yourself to being obedient and steadfast in your efforts and his work. If you commit yourself, God will turn your hard-headed self into the extraordinary for his kingdom. Thank you. So that is basically her playing the race card. Uh, what is the latest in terms of the uh, the uh, Georgia Attorney General or uh, the Georgia State Senate or the Georgia Governor uh, investigating what is clearly uh, the corruption uh, of Fannie Wells? Uh, Roger, I mean, we really see no movement. I mean, we, we really see no movement in terms of actually going after this. And, and even in the news coverage of this stuff, they're, they're kind of like, well, I hope he steps down. I mean, seriously, I mean, like, that's legitimately what they're saying. Uh, I, I hope he steps down. Uh, he seems unqualified and he seems to have all these sides. It's like, well, that's not exactly how this works. I mean, if this and, and not only that, but as, as far as the entire case, Roger, I believe a, a Trump co-defendant has, has filed um, uh, to, to have a mistrial because of this and because of the way this entire thing has been set up. And I think 
it's important for the people to understand who is doing this and and the level to which this has gone and and the we, we always talk about you know there's a there's a coordinated effort and and if there is a coordinated effort against trump which a lot of us assume is true then then you would find people in positions of power that were able to prosecute trump that did so and and receive favors for doing that and in this case it looks a whole lot like somebody received some money and some perks for going after trump and I, I can't believe that we're living in, in the United States of America right now where we're talking about prosecutors paying off this. And, and, and I mean, we are so far gone down this rabbit hole of corruption and, and Democrat just just dominance in the cities and in places like Georgia that we are living in a clown world where people like uh, Fonnie Willis can bring charges against somebody, appoint a special prosecutor that is literally her boyfriend that she has paid almost a million dollars to out of taxpayer money. And, and, and that's going to be the guy that's going to go after Trump and all these people. And, and the, the entire message, Roger, of the Trump prosecution and, and in any of these that the media covers is nobody's above the law. Well, if you look at the facts surrounding Fonnie Willis in Georgia, Fonnie Willis is above the law, obviously. And so is the special prosecutor boyfriend. It seems that anybody, and including Judge Engron, I mean, there's been so many exposés about these people that are orchestrating these uh, attacks against President Trump, these legal attacks. And, and in every case, you find liberal bias, you find people acting above the law. And yet there's never any question asked by the media. There's never any question because the means to which these people seek, which is ultimately the destruction of Trump, is, is, is what the media wants. So they're complicit in it. And it's up to the audience out there to kind of grab this information, take it around so that we can get away from the people on the mainstream media that don't point these things out. And they're only being forced to cover it now, Roger, because these things were revealed in a divorce proceeding. And, and it's been gaining so much steam that a lot of the mainstream media has been forced to talk about it with a bitten tongue, of course, but they still, you know, kind of mention it. And, and as far as updates on the Trump side, you can best believe that if there were some entanglement, romantic entanglement on the Trump side, that it would be front page news everywhere. Uh, with Fonnie Willis, it just gets to be back page news. And, and that's a sad reality of where we're at right now as a country. It's my understanding that uh, the governor has the legal authority to remove Fannie Willis as the Fulton County prosecutor. Uh, the state Senate also has the authority to remove her as the Fulton County prosecutor. Uh, I think there's growing uh, there's uh, growing uh, movements to uh, by the voters, by the people, by others in the Republican Party uh, to do exactly that. Uh, you have. Uh, Brad Raffensperger, the Secretary of State, refusing the order of a federal judge to testify in a case regarding corruption in the Georgia election. Let's remember that Fannie Will's entire case is based on a premise that Trump knew that he lost Georgia, that he lost Georgia, first of all, that he knew that he lost Georgia, uh, and that he tried to get the certification of a fake uh, slate of electors, a word, by the way, that I have never used. Uh, if you read the minutes uh, of uh, the alternative electors, they make it very clear uh, that they were formulated uh, in order to preserve Trump's rights 
in the event that he was successful in a lawsuit uh, challenging the results of the election. Uh, there's nothing illegal about that, despite what Ari Melbert, MSNBC, may have to say. So uh, uh, it, it, we have this video uh, on uh, Fannie Wills put together by the amazing Dilly Mean team. Uh, this, to me, has been the single most entertaining, amusing uh, meme video of the campaign. Uh, let's roll it. Now, why you say is she a boat rigger? But fatty only make my lead bigger. Now, why you say is she a boat rigger? But fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 Fanita thought always at the beauty salon with the baby Louis Vuitton on the hunter arm. She said, talk to Waka Flock, I could really do harm. For a case, I got a lot, I could blow up your spot like a bomb. But I'm looking for the one, have you seen her? She went and put my whole team under subpoena. Diva, Friday, Felicia, four kids in charge of gonna Donald Trump. And you're the bullshit, indict Gucci Mane and chase it for some fame. She think it's all a game, for rap with no shame. She get up on TV, and you all know her name. If you play in Fulton County, then you better get paid, you know why? Cause the DA corrupt, yo, from what I heard, fatty got a baby by Mondo. And Luma said she got a trap house in a condo. She don't care whatever said, long as she popped, though. Now I say is she a boat rigger? But fatty only make my lead bigger. Now I say is she a boat rigger? But fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 13 counts, 13 counts. She getting paid to pounce and die for 13 counts. I know somebody paying thought to charge whoever he says. Another DA in the pop and handle all of his biz. You will see her at the courthouse, call her Fatty Willis. Charge another rapper because you know she out to get us. She even charged her president if you could pay the money. Election interference done, deal for the money. She walk around looking like trap pole with the money. She got a new week, got white pole with the money, money. If you ain't no punk, holler, we want D-Trump, we want D-Trump, yeah. There's something that you need to have, because when we get revenge, we gon' kick some ass. 13 counts, 13 counts, got paid for every count, straight into bank accounts. Now I you say is she a boat rigger, but fatty only make my lead bigger. Now I you say is she a boat rigger, but fatty only make my lead bigger. Get down, girl, go ahead, get down. 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 don't tap your toes to that, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> the way credit to that goes to Ramble Rants uh, on X, who is part of Brendan Dilly's great Dilly meme team. Uh, I, you cannot underestimate uh, the impact uh, that those creators had on social media uh, in their incredibly creative uh, and, uh, uh, and clever skewering of Ron DeSantis uh, and his candidacy. Uh, in fact, uh, Brendan Dilly is uh, going to join us on the show, uh, I believe, Thursday uh, to talk about 
the extraordinary effectiveness of the Dilly Mean Team uh, and what they have in mind uh, for New Hampshire. Uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, I did a great interview with uh, Jamie Glasloff of the Glasloff gang, gang uh, on the uh, assassination of uh, President John F. Kennedy. Uh, if this is an issue uh, that intrigues you and it intrigues many Americans, let me recommend to you uh, my book, uh, the Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Uh, you can get it by going to uh, themanwhokilledkennedy.com, themanwhokilledkennedy.com. Uh, there is the graphic. Uh, now, you could go uh, to, uh, you know, uh, Amazon or Barnes & Noble and buy this book. Uh, but first of all, if you buy it, you want the paperback edition because it has three additional chapters. Now, this uh, reads like a murder mystery, uh, and it outlines how Lyndon Baines Johnson uh, was the head at the helm uh, of a plot that involved uh, the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, the Secret Service, uh, the FBI, uh, the Pentagon, uh, Big Texas Oil, uh, and organized crime uh, to murder President John F. Kennedy. Uh, if you're interested uh, in history, uh, if you're interested in the Kennedy assassination, uh, if you are interested uh, in the topic, let me recommend to you The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. There's two ways to get it. You can go to themanwhokilledkennedy.com uh, or you can go to the Stone Zone website and go in the shop there. Uh, either way, you get an autographed copy. Uh, we only sell the paperback edition. Uh, when I met Oliver Stone, he told me it was the single best book that he had read uh, on the Kennedy assassination. Uh, when I met Mill Gibson uh, not that long ago at the UFC fight uh, in uh, Las Vegas, he also told me it was the best book he has read on the Kennedy assassination. Let me recommend that you go by uh, that website one more time. Uh, the man who killed Kennedy, the case uh, against it, pardon me, the man who killed Kennedy.com. There it is. The man who killed Kennedy.com. Give you a minute to write that down, order your copy today. Uh, I think you will find it riveting. Uh, it's another way that we support uh, the stone zone. So check out that book. Uh, I think uh, you will enjoy it. Uh, yesterday was Martin Luther King's birthday. Uh, Martin Luther King, a pivotal figure uh, in American history. Martin Luther King and his father, Martin Luther King Sr., uh, were in fact Republicans. Uh, the president who signed Martin Luther King's birthday into law uh, as a federal holiday was, of course, Ronald Reagan. Uh, people don't know uh, that Dr. Martin Luther King uh, worked very closely uh, with Vice President Richard Nixon to pass the 1958 Civil Rights Act, which is the first significant major piece of uh, uh, civil rights law to pass the Congress and be signed into law uh, since the Civil War. Uh, and the reason that Richard Nixon uh, was pivotal in that drive by Dr. King was because the Southern Democrats uh, quietly being quarterbacked by Senate Majority Leader Lyndon Johnson, 
uh, were opposing that landmark civil rights bill. Uh, the other thing that I posted yesterday uh, that is uh, not commonly known uh, is that uh, Dr. King uh, was assassinated shortly after FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover uh, let Lyndon Johnson, then President of the United States, know that an FBI wiretap uh, that remained in place uh, on Dr. King uh, revealed Dr. King telling his associates that he intended to uh, endorse Senator Robert Kennedy for the U.S. Senate, pardon me, for the presidency in the 1968 contest. It is well known and documented in my book uh, that Lyndon Johnson feared that if he was elected president in 1968, Robert Kennedy would have reopened the investigation into the murder of John Kennedy. Uh, the other little known fact uh, regarding uh, Dr. King uh, and uh, involves Richard Nixon. Uh, Richard Nixon, uh, upon the death of Martin Luther King, uh, flew privately to Atlanta, uh, met without any press notice uh, with Coretta King uh, to give his condolences uh, and also gave Coretta Scott King a check, uh, which paid for the college education of all of Dr. King's surviving children. Yesterday, I also posted a, uh, a, uh, an extraordinary picture of Wilt Chamberlain uh, and Richard Nixon attending Dr. King's funeral. Uh, now, important subtext here, because if I don't bring it up, others will. Uh, in 1960, uh, when uh, when Martin Luther King was jailed uh, in, I believe it was uh, Alabama, uh, he was uh, uh, his life was considered to be in danger. Uh, Richard Nixon, uh, being the upright lawyer, knew that calling the judge in the case uh, against uh, Dr. King uh, would be uh, technically improper a violation of the rules of the court, where John F. Kennedy, uh, upon the urging of his brother and others, uh, made a call uh, to both Coretta Scott King and to Dr. King, but more importantly, to the governor of Alabama uh, on behalf of, uh, of Dr. King. Uh, that caused Martin Luther King Sr., who was an extraordinarily uh, influential black pastor, uh, but a Republican, to change uh, his support in the 1960 election uh, from Richard Nixon, who he had endorsed uh, to John F. Kennedy. Uh, many people believe that that misjudgment uh, by Richard Nixon uh, cost him the 1960 election. So uh, with, the, uh, with the celebration of Dr. King's birthday yesterday, a federal holiday, uh, I thought that those uh, facts might be interested. Here's the final one, which I think is of great interest. Uh, members of the King family uh, never believed uh, that James Earl Ray was in fact the assassin of Dr. Martin Luther King. In 1999, uh, they won a civil suit uh, and uh, the state, federal, uh, and city government of Memphis were actually held liable for the death of Martin Luther King. 
which means it was proved in a court of law that both the FBI uh, and uh, the uh, Memphis police were actively involved uh, in the murder of Dr. King. Uh, this uh, documentation of all of this can be found online. So um, a day late here because we were wrapped up with Iowa caucuses, uh, but we too uh, celebrate uh, the birthday uh, of this great uh, civil rights leader, Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, chat, we have just a few minutes to go here. Uh, do you have uh, anything to add, uh, Troy, to uh, today's Stone Zone? Well, I'd just say, Roger, that uh... Dr. Martin Luther King is a very important figure in American history because he represents the idea that is the content of character um, that that is that matters and it's not the color of your skin and you see that mainly represented today because if Dr. King were alive, he would be canceled he would be attacked by the leftist exactly because uh, of his Christian beliefs because of his beliefs that that all people should be treated equal and that we shouldn't have protected classes and things of that nature. Um, Dr. King's rhetoric goes against what the leftists preach today, and it's why they work so hard to kind of try to forget about who he was and to paint their own image of who he was. Dr. King was a great American and uh, a true hero. All right. Uh, I think we are just about done here at the Stone Zone. I do want to say to you uh, that I am a coffee drinker, uh, and for a long time, I had to look around for my coffee. I don't know about you, Troy, but I'm the kind of guy in the morning, I need a bold, bracing, smooth cup of coffee to get going. And I finally found my coffee. And, uh, well, it's called My Coffee, and you get it at mystore.com, uh, uh, and you get it by using promo code STONE for a deep discount. So we're going to let Mike Lindell tell you about my coffee uh, and then uh, let me say uh, for us here at the Stone Zone, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can go follow us at rumble.com uh, slash Roger Stone. Uh, but we uh, are very glad uh, and grateful for our growing audience. So until tomorrow, God bless you and Godspeed. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried My Coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. 
Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now.